Hey there, you're listening to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast, episode number 39, all about inquiries. Wedding pros, get ready. It is this time of year. It is inquiry season. What, that's not what you call it? Listen in as we deep dive into all things inquiries, response times, canned emails, messaging, knowing your calendar, emails versus phone calls, and even the psychology of the sales process. There is a lot to unpack, and we are going to deep dive into all of it. Let's go, rock stars. Welcome to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast with your hosts, wedding planner and educator Renee Dallow and blogger and social media strategist Mindy Marzek. Listen in as they bring you the best, brightest, and most honest industry advice on the internet. Their mission is to help you wedding rock star work smarter, not harder. Hope you're ready because it's time to rock your wedding biz. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast. This is Mindy Marzek, and I'm here back again with the awesome, the talented, the wonderful Renee Dallow. Hi, Renee. Oh, my God. I didn't know what was going to (laughs) happen. I was like, what's happening? What are we doing? Amazing. Trying to keep it interesting over here. What's going on, Renee? <laughs> you know, just living the dream. Living the dream. Yeah. How's your January going? How's your 2019? My 2019 um, has been a little bit hectic. It feels a little bit like I've been shot out of a cannon. I know. I We were just talking about this before we pressed record and that it just feels like 2019 has just been off the charts so far like I traveled a lot at the beginning of the year and then I did my step up your social media course which I'm Mm -hmm. still in the middle of and you're working on your course coming back right yes yes and working with the previous students and also all your weddings so so much is happening all at the same time and also life and resolutions how are you doing on your resolutions uh well I haven't set mine yet so oh so excellently you're Everything's a, going great so you're far. You're an A plus student so far. Let's talk about it in March, maybe, and I'll let you know if I figured it out. Sounds good. You know what? We'll, we'll revisit it at the end of quarter one. How about that? That might be enough time for me to get my act together. But Love today's it. episode is a really good one. We're going to deep dive into a subject that every wedding pro, every business owner, if you provide a service, if you provide a product... Uh, you're probably going to come across this. And that is all about inquiries. So the initial inquiry when someone wants to hire you, wants to buy the thing that you make. Mm -hmm. Uh, Renee, why did you want to, because this episode uh, was your idea. Yeah. Why did you want to deep dive into this? Well, a few reasons. One, because um, it's the beginning of the year. And for most wedding pros, that is when we receive the majority of our inquiries, or at least there's like a a flurry of inquiries (laughs) coming in. Right. right? Engagement season. Exactly. It's on the heels of engagement season comes what I like to call inquiry season. Um, (laughs) Right. And then also because um, the students in my wedding management 101 class actually brought up to me saying that they wished um, that there was a module that specifically talked about inquiries. And so I've been, I've been building that I've been like, you know, writing and recording that module for the re-release of the course that's happening on February 15th. So because it's been on my brain, I was like, you know what, we need a podcast about it because I think that two things happen. I think if you're a new business owner, um, you might not have 
your systems down to receive an inquiry. You might be trying to like recreate the wheel each time. Or if you're someone who's been in business a, a long time or, you know, a good amount of time, you probably have a system that, you know, you're like, well, if, hey, if it ain't broke, don't, don't fix it. But mm -hmm. I'm, I want to ask, like, are you sure that that's a good, a good enough system? Are you really getting an ROI? Can you revisit it with fresh eyes and maybe be able to increase the amount of responses you get? Yeah. And I'm willing to bet that even if you think you have a flawless system, there's always room for improvement. And there's always room to learn something new. Absolutely. Because I actually think that responding to inquiries is a science. Um, I don't think it's something that should be like, you know, uh, off, uh, you know, off the cuff or just like, oh, I'll get to that when I can, or, you know, it doesn't matter. There's a proven system. Absolutely. And, and, you know, there's, I, there is a school of thought out there that's like, it doesn't matter what you say, as long as your response is genuine. And it's like, no, mm. it actually does matter. Um, because I think the thing that we forget as business owners is that by the time you actually are getting this inquiry, a lot has already happened for the potential client, right? They've already checked out so many websites. They've probably gone to WeddingWire or they're not. They've asked their friends. Like they're doing all these things way before we even know who they are. Sure. So by the time you're getting that inquiry, and for me, you know, I get an email that's like new submission from contact form. And it's my favorite email to get because it's like, woohoo, <laughs> someone's here. But by that point, you know, they have probably checked out my Instagram found like googled me found me on facebook looked at everything anyone has ever said about me and then they decided to contact me so it's like you're already on the short list there right yeah it's almost like by the time you find out about it you're already in the middle of the inquiry process <laughs> exactly now <laughs> you don't feel that way right you feel like oh it's someone new but by the time they've reached out to you you're probably not new to them they probably feel like they kind of know you already oh yeah for sure so okay so Let's say you get that email that drops in your inbox. Mm -hmm. What is the first thing that you do? Okay. Well, the most important part of an inquiry is your response time. Right. Oh, like yes. Like 100% response time. So um, here's a little, a little anecdote for you. But um, back in the day when I was getting married, mm -hmm. and you know, I've talked about this before, my husband and I did not get married in Los Angeles. We got married in Philadelphia. And so oftentimes I was emailing vendors in like the middle of the night, their time, because sure. I was on West Coast time. And I, and I knew that. And I also knew that like, hopefully no one was like getting these in real time and feeling the need to respond. Right. But when I started researching photographers, I emailed uh, a photographer team and they got back to me in five minutes and it was midnight in, in California. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. And then I opened the email and they said, you know, hey, so great to hear from you. You know, we normally wouldn't respond to you this quickly, but we're actually in Hawaii uh, doing a wedding. Uh, so we're more in your time zone. But anyway, here's our information. And, you know, we're going to be we're going to take a few days of vacation afterwards, but we'd love to talk to you. And like, you know, let, let's schedule a meeting. Like I was so impressed with them that they literally got back to me while I was still at the computer. <laughs> and even though they said like, hey, this is unusual for us, but you know, we figured we'd just respond. And also we're on vacation, but let's talk. I was like, oh, these guys are for real. And I ended up booking them. Yeah. I mean, it's a good first impression. 
Yeah. And I think I only spoke to like one other photographer because I was so like impressed by them. And so just like, I loved their photos, obviously, but then I also loved the way in which they spoke to me and how quickly they got back to me. And I felt like I was very important to them. And most of that was just because they responded to me immediately. So first thing, when you get that inquiry, you have to be ready to respond right then, right Right. then. You don't have to go, you know, you don't have to spend three days checking your calendar or two days crafting the perfect email. You need a system in place so that as soon as you get it, you can respond to it immediately. Would you say no more than 24 hours? Oh my God. In 24 hours, you've, you're already gone. You're done. But 24 hours at max. Yeah. Okay. Max. Um, so to that end, right? So to be able to respond very quickly. You need an email template. Oh, yes. We've talked about this before. I love, I use Gmail and I loved their canned responses. Mm -hmm. Now, when we say email template, let's again, be clear. We're not talking about an autoresponder. Right. No. It's different. And people hate those, especially, um, especially inquiring couples. There was like a study that Wedding Wire did that said like, not responding is better than sending an auto reply. Because an auto reply is so impersonal. Yeah. Imagine that you're excited to hear back from this wedding pro that you emailed and you see that email pop in and then you click it and find out that it's an auto responder and it's not tailored to you at all. It's just like an email that says, we'll get back to you in the next couple days. Thanks for reaching out. It's like mm-hmm. womp womp, like breaking my heart. Exactly. And I know some some businesses still have that thing about like, your email has been received. It's like, it's 2019. <laughs> We're pretty sure the emails are getting received. Yeah. It's probably. pretty rare that an email gets lost in the in, in the cloud at this point. Yeah. The cloud's there to hold our stuff now, right? Yes. <laughs> the cloud is much better than it was a few years right? ago. That's what the cloud does, right? Okay, so so email templates. So give me an example of, of what your inquiry response email template says. Absolutely. So mine, uh I can I actually can tell you word for word what it exactly says because I've had it. <laughs> for years. Mine says, um, congratulations on your engagement and thank you for taking the time to reach out to me. I was a bride before I was a wedding planner and I know how exciting and potentially stressful this wedding planning process can be. And then there's the second paragraph talks a little bit about like, I, I, that's the part that I tweak based on like their date and venue. Mm -hmm. So my inquiry form always has a, who referred you, you know, send me as much information as you know. And so if they're coming to me from, let's say, Ruby Street, where I'm on the preferred list, they generally mention that. And so I respond by saying, your venue is one of my favorites. I'm very you know, proud to, have, to be on their preferred planners list. And as of today, I am, I am available on your wedding day. I'd love to take the time to get to know you both and discuss your wed- you know, the needs and wants of, for your wedding day one-on-one. Um, I do all of my consultations via Skype or FaceTime so we can spare each other the, you know, the LA heartache of trying to find parking and traffic. <laughs> Please click here to make an appointment to speak with me. Um, thanks again for contacting me and I hope we get to touch base soon. So I don't, the only thing they have to do, the only work they have to do in that email is click on a link that takes them to my Calendly and make an appointment for a 30 minute phone call. Okay, cool. That sounds great. Now the, that is like saved can response. I again, tweak it for every single inquiry. But let me tell you something. I've used that template. I've responded to inquiries from my phone on a plane uh, when my husband and I were taking the studio tour at Warner Brothers, (laughs) like on a trolley. Um, I've responded to that, to the inquiries in Alaska, in Belize, like that. I will respond to an inquiry 
no matter what. The other thing that I learned about the way my system is set up is that if I have my out of office on, like, and say I'm in Belize, the inquiries don't get that because they're not coming through my email. They're coming from my website. Oh, I see. Okay, good. So they don't necessarily know that you're busy that day or you're out of town. So what happens if you're truly trying to take a vacation? Do you just have someone who helps you out? Yeah. In that case, I if I'm like out of the country, like a few years ago when I went to Italy, I had a friend do it. And because it's a template, you know, I didn't have her necessarily tweak it because she didn't know all the ins and outs because she's a wedding planner in another in, in another market. Mm-hmm. But it was easy for her to go like cut, paste, click. Is she available that day? Yes. Here's another thing about um, about getting the inquiry, right? Uh, you have to have your calendar available to you at all times. Mm-hmm. So then this is kind of an aside, but it's relevant is that, um, you know, as a wedding planner, I'm always reaching out to vendors to try to see their availability so that I can pitch them to my wedding planning clients. And a few years ago, I was trying to find a photographer for a same sex couple. And I reached out to a photographer um, and she happened to be on vacation and I asked her to check her date. And she said, I'm not going to be able to do that until I'm back at my office. Oh, weird. Like she didn't, right? Like she didn't have her calendar with her or could access it on the go. And so I said, well, I'm going to pitch photographers to them in like two days. And she goes, well, I won't be back until, until next week. And I was like, you can't even tell me if you're booked that weekend. Hmm. And she was like, no. And I, and I, I didn't write back, but I, she got the gist. Like, then I'm not going to pitch you. Like you need to know your business. You need to know when you're free. So all this to say that like when you receive that inquiry, you got to use your email template. You got to get back to them as soon as possible. And you have to know your availability. Right. So if you are out and about somewhere, make sure that you have that info accessible by phone. Yeah. Um, you know, don't just use, you know, we, we did an episode a while back about how much we love our paper planners, but for stuff like that, you have to be able to track that electronically no matter where you are. So Yeah. And even if you want to just open up a note on your phone and just type in the dates you're booked, I, it doesn't have to be something super high tech, but you need that information on you because that person lost out on a $5,000 photography contract because she just didn't know and also didn't seem to like notice that it was unusual that she didn't know. <laughs> she yeah. was just like, yeah, not going to be able to get that till next week. I'm like, what? Hmm. So okay. don't be like that. Don't be that person. The other thing uh, that is really important about inquiries is you have to respond to the inquiry in the manner in which your potential client reached out to you. So if they emailed, do not try to call them. Right. I was just (laughs) going to ask about this because we were talking about email. Do you ever get inquiries via phone? You know, sometimes I do. I have on my website a Google voicemail number. So if you if you're calling the number on my website, you're literally never going to get me. Mm-hmm. But it is a place that someone can like leave a message and I will get back to them. The, in- the interesting thing about the inquiries I get via phone is that they never have enough information. Right. It's always just like, I need a wedding planner. Call me back. And I'm like, what is your date? What's your partner's name? What? What? Like I have nothing. I got nothing to go on here. Now, I always do call them back. But it's much more efficient, you know, to stay on email. But I do understand that some people, you know, do like to call. In fact, Alan Berg wrote an entire book. If you guys, Alan Berg is like a wedding industry educator. He's one of my favorite people in the yes, world. Love him. Um, he's he's my boyfriend, but he doesn't know it, um, <laughs> which is hilarious. If you know what, um, if you know Alan, he'd be like, "Who are you?" Um, but Alan wrote a book called "Why Don't They Call Me," and 
it's such an interesting concept because I think um, vendors who have been in the game for a while still remember the day when all inquiries came through calls. Sure, because email didn't exist. Exactly. And Alan has this um, this wording he uses in the book, which is so amazing. He says, you're either a digital immigrant or a digital native. Oh, how funny. Yes. Yeah. The wedding couples, most of them are digital natives. They grew up with this technology. Email is like breathing for them. It's it's their, of course, it's their first method of communication. It's what they do for everything. Right. Right. And they view having an uh, an email conversation completely equally as having one having a conversation on the phone or even better than having a conversation on the phone. I mean, I know I hate the phone. You can barely ever get me on the phone. <laughs> but I love talking. I just don't like I don't like the phone. Now, if you're a digital immigrant, right? Then that means you're someone who knows what it's like to do business before this technology came came along, then you're probably like, "Well, how am I going to how am I going to sell to them? They won't get on the phone." Well, you have to reassess what you're doing. You have to you have to craft an email response that not only sounds like you, but lets your in inquiry know that you care and you're the right person for them. It has to sound warm and friendly, be informative without being too salesy, and that it has to give them one clear thing to do to continue the conversation. Mhm. Mm so some of the mistakes I see is people are like, oh, well, you can email me back here or, or click here to make an appointment or I can call you. What's the best time? I'm available for these five dates and four times. It's too much. Yeah, right. Just do one thing. Pick one thing. Yeah. Tell them to do one thing. And that's why my email conversion rate is high because I'm literally saying, click on this link. You don't have to talk to a human. You look at my calendar. You pick a time that works for you. We don't have to go back and forth 97 times. They get an email confirmation and then, you know, like an hour before our call, I will email them and say, hey, are, we, are you still good to talk or Skype or FaceTime? They say, yes, we get it done. It's quick and easy and it literally doesn't make them think too hard. <laughs> yeah. Because that's important. You have to like reduce the friction. Yes, absolutely. It's funny because I used to, years ago, I used to be uh, the office manager was my official title for a photographer who was younger than me. Uh, so she's the millennial generation and I am not, uh, but she was the millennial generation. And she, if someone, if we ever got an inquiry, which all of her inquiries came by email, she didn't have a phone number on her website. Uh, if they asked in the inquiry for someone to call them, she would have me call them to collect more information because she did not want to get on the phone. <laughs> yeah. So I would call them and gather the rest of the information that we needed so that she could send out her email template catered to their needs. But yeah, so I just found that really funny because I mean, I'm not that much older than millennials are, but I worked no, in an either. office job for years and years and years, like for a decade where it was mostly phone work. I mean, I was an investigator. I was calling the district attorney's office and talking with off, you know, law enforcement and, you know, and we did all that by phone. We rarely yeah. did that by email. So I'm just used to yeah. being on the phone. It doesn't bother me as much, but I like your point of if they email you, you email them back. If they call you, you call them back. So. Oh, absolutely. So wedding wire did every year wedding wire compiles like they call it Wed Insights. And uh, this one is from a few years ago, but I find it su such an amazing statistic. They say 48% of couples express frustration when their vendor does not reciprocate their preferred communication type. Oh, wow. 48%. Yeah. So 
so it's like, and you know, I, and honestly, like my husband and I were shopping for new car insurance uh, earlier this year, um, or I guess last year at this point, God, what year is it? And um, <laughs> I was so frustrated because I would email places and they would immediately try to call me. And I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not picking up the phone. Yeah. I don't want to talk like, to you. I'm Just in the middle me- of, yeah, I'm doing other things. Like I can't pick up the phone every time it rings, uh, which is a whole other podcast because I don't, I don't, I, oh, I schedule phone calls with every single client. Like it's, it is very, very rare that I'll pick up the phone when it rings because I'm working. Right. And I can't be thrown off my work by someone who just wants to like have a chat. And that's the same thing for your clients because consider that maybe they're emailing you from work. Oh yeah, of course. And if if it's during the day, chances are that they are. They're emailing you from work and they can't take a phone call just willy-nilly. Absolutely. I mean, I don't want to get anybody fired. I'm not going to pick up the phone and call them. Yeah. And honestly, when someone does inquire with me on the phone, I, you know, I will call them back. I will say that if I'm being super honest, I don't call them back immediately because I'm generally doing something. But when I do call them back at an appropriate time, my email, I mean, I'm sorry, my response to them is to email me. Like if I don't get them, I'll say, Hey, you know, instead of playing phone tag, why don't you just shoot me an email? Because then I'd rather, I'd much rather go back and forth on email than I will on the phone. It's just an endless amount of tediousness for me. Yeah. It just makes Um, it that much easier. I agree. Yeah. And then the other, you know, the key thing with millennials, and uh, this is what Alan says, and I agree to a certain extent, is, you know, to give them as many ways as possible to, to connect with you. So email, phone, a contact form on your website, maybe a live chat. I have a chat on my um, on my website, and it gets a lot of hits. Sometimes I'm there to do it live, and sometimes I'm not. But either way, some people just prefer to submit info through a live chat than they do a contact form. Oh, I don't yeah. know why. It's just preference, right? I mean, well, it's heading that way. It's it, People want the most convenience ever. So think about the forms of communication that that people have gone through. It started off mm-hmm. with writing <laughs> and you'd have to send a letter in the mail and then wait for a response back. And then we got phones, which was amazing. And then we got email, which was even more amazing. And now we're getting into instant messaging and texting and oh, yeah. chat boxes, um, yeah, which is the next, yep, the next big thing. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you in the last two months, I mean, this isn't a large number, but in the last two months, I've gotten three Instagram DM inquiries. Right. Now, and I tell them, Hey, thanks for reaching out. You're going to have to, like, we're going to have to schedule a phone call. Like, I'm not going to go back and forth with you on Instagram. Yeah, I'm not being hired via Instagram. (laughs) Now, and that brings me to another point. So the inquiry process needs to be controlled by you, the business owner. Sure. Yeah, of course. Just because like, you know, one of Alan's things is he says like, how about Skype? How about FaceTime? How about WhatsApp? How about Gchat? How about Facebook Messenger? And I'm like, great. I have all those things, but I don't want people coming at me from every angle. So that is why I personally funnel everyone through email. And then, but in actuality, I'm trying to get them to make a phone call or a FaceTime call through Calendly. So my end goal is to get them to make a scheduled FaceTime call through Calendly. But, you know, I tell my clients when they become clients straight out, I'm like, you might find me on Snapchat. Like I have a Snapchat account, but don't ever send me anything on it because it's not going to happen. Right. I think so many new business owners bend over backwards trying to meet every single client that comes in on whatever platform they come in on. It's completely acceptable to say, hey, thanks for reaching out via Facebook Messenger, but let's continue the conversation over here. Yeah. You have to take the power back. I think it's just easier to have it all in one place. So whatever you want that place to be, 
funnel everybody into one place. And that way, if you have to search back for a conversation mm-hmm. or, or whatever, you have it all in one place. You're not like, so did that person reach out to me through Instagram or through my chat box? Now I don't know. Right. Now I can't find them. Now I can't so find the other- them. Exactly. So other other than that, you know, depending on what what program, what software you're using to organize your leads, like you said, you know, HoneyBook is something that can do that for you. Aisle Planner does that. Mm-hmm. All both of those software programs have a contact form you can embed on your website so that that information automatically flows right into that that portal. Um, I get them through my email because I have control freak tendencies and I like to know exactly <laughs> like what time they came in, when they came in. Um, which you can probably still do from those other two things. But that's sort of my, like, I've been doing this a while. That's my personal safety is like, I just want it in my email. Mm-hmm. But I would very much encourage you to look into like an aisle planner or a honey book so that you can get everything on the same in the same place. What I do to get it in the same place is that I physically input it into aisle planner once they've made an appointment with me. Oh, gotcha. If they never respond to my initial email, um, I will follow up two more times. And that is the limit for me. I am not in the business of chasing clients. Uh, I think a lot of times when people reach out, they don't know what to say and they don't know what conversation they need to have. And sometimes it's so early in the process for them that they don't even know what they should be looking for. So if I send the email and I don't get a response, then I will wait probably four, sometimes five days. And then I send another like nudge right? I tend to do these like at the end of the week. If I haven't heard from them during the week, I'll say, hey, it's just before I leave for the weekend. I just want to see if you wanted to schedule an appointment. I send the Calendly link again. Mm -hmm. And then if I still don't hear from them, probably five days later, I send what's called a closing the loop email. And you can Google that phrase, closing the loop. Um, Basically, it's an email that says, since I have not heard back from you, I'm going to assume that either your needs have changed or you've gone in a different direction with your wedding planning. If, if this is incorrect, please, you know, please respond. I'd love to chat with you still, but I don't, I don't ever want to be like a nudge. Like I, I don't say that part, but like, I don't ever want to be pushy. Sure. So I just say like, it looks like you don't need to talk to me, but if that changes, here's how to get a hold of me. And I wish you the best. Sometimes that email is what gets them to reach out because they realize like, oh no, I haven't written back to her. It's been 10 days. And then that's what gets them to book. Or sometimes they just don't, they just don't get back. Right. But a big problem that I'm hearing, especially for my students, is that they're getting ghosted. So what does that mean exactly? They just don't hear back at all? They don't hear back. And I, you know, I took it a step further by asking my students, like, are you not hearing back from the initial, you know, response? Or are you not hearing back after you've met with them and sent them a proposal? And they're saying both. Now, I think this is a problem that's um, systematic, like with this generation of millennials. I think that they don't necessarily, this is going to be horrible, sorry, millennials, that they don't necessarily have the life skills on how to like let someone down, uh, like let's say something disappointing. Like sure. no one wants to be the person that's like, sorry, you're not hired. I went with someone else. Yeah. Well, I I think to be fair to millennials, I have that inkling too. Like I don't want to give someone bad news. So I've, it's totally awkward. It's super awkward to do, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, I think that they just don't have the language for it in yeah. a way that like perhaps my generation would just be like, hey, thanks so much for your time. We went with someone else. That's the end. I also think that perhaps the younger generation who is used to social media and used to doing everything behind a screen, they forget that there's people with feelings on the other end and they just don't think it's a big deal if they don't respond. So that could be it too. 
I agree. I also think, uh, especially with my wedding planners, I definitely see uh, that there's a lot of feelings behind some of the things potential clients ask us, right? So, and I know, Mindy, you've probably heard me complain about this as well, but oftentimes as wedding planners, uh, we get emails that simply just say, how much do you cost? Oh, sure. Right. And I used to be really offended by this. I used to be like, how, like, don't they know that it's more than a price tag and I provide so much value? And listen, all those things are still true. But I think it was Alan Berg who said this at like a, a seminar I took of his, where he said, you know, you, you guys have to stop having so many feelings about that. They're asking that because they don't know what else to ask. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. And you know what? When I was wedding planning, that was one of the first questions I needed to know because the other thing from the bride and groom standpoint of it or the client standpoint is that I don't want to waste my time if you're you're over my budget. So that is one of the first questions I always asked. And to be honest, I felt like it was a little bit annoying if we had to go back and forth a few times before I got an answer. But I totally understand that with um, a wedding planner specifically, a lot of times the price is based off of many, many, many different factors. It's not just like many factors. an eight hour photography package, you know, so Correct. Um, Correct. not that that's simple either, but. No, no, no. I know what you mean, though. I mean, I do explain that in my initial email. I say, like, I don't have set packages. I don't have set pricing I can send you. Everything I do is custom. We're going to have to have a short conversation so that I can best, you know, give you something that suits what you need and then leave out all the things you don't. Because that's the thing I think that they're forgetting is, I, you know, the wedding industry gets a bad rap for being very expensive and we're always trying to jack up the pricing, which I don't think is true. Everyone I know is not charging enough money, but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. But I make sure to tell them like, hey, the reason I want to talk to you is not because I want to charge you $10,000. It's because I don't want to offer you something that you just don't need. Right. And so really, like, I'm here to be of service to them. And so that needs to come across in the initial email. The thing about them asking how much do you cost, like Mindy said, is they don't want to waste your, your time. They don't want to waste their own time. Right. As the business owner, there are things you can do on your side, aside from just put, putting pricing on your website, which you all know I don't believe in. On my contact form, there is a required field that says budget. And instead of having an open field, it's a dropdown. So you have to choose one of the dropdowns. My minimum budget dropdown is 40000 to 60000 That's the first range, right? Mm -hmm. Now that's there because the average lower end wedding in Los Angeles is around $40,000. That's just the truth here. Don't send me hate mail. Yeah. That's just the truth. Those are the facts. If someone selects that lowest you know, price point, and then puts in the comments, our budget is actually $15,000 total, then I will write to them and say, hey, thanks so much for reaching out to me. Based on what you've told me your budget is, if this is truly your budget and there's no wiggle room, I would not recommend you hiring me because my my lowest price is too much of too large of a percentage of your overall budget. Right. And that's a really nice way of saying like, you can't, you shouldn't spend your money on me. You can't afford this. And then sometimes I'll give them names of, you know, if they, if they come back and say, thanks so much, do you know of any? I'm like, great. Here's two newer wedding planners. They might be able to help you. I don't know what their minimums are, but, you know, I have a minimum in my head. I just don't have it on the website. Sure. So doing a little, a little bit of detective work on your own side as the business owner can help this conversation about price, but your contact form has to do the first vetting for you. Then for me, the second wave of vetting is, do they answer my email? Right. 
they don't want to answer my email. I'm not going to chase them. That's like a bad boyfriend. Who wants that? <laughs> not me. <laughs> no. Awesome. So basically to recap your system is you get the inquiry through a contact form on your website and it lands in your email. You send back an email template that you customize per whatever the couple or the client put in your, their initial contact form. And yes. then uh, you invite them to do the next step, which is a like FaceTime phone call or a Skype phone call. And then yes. you do one follow-up a few days later and then a close the loop follow-up a few days after that. And then if you just don't hear from them, you just kind of remove them from your email, put them in a yep. dead lead folder and move on. Exactly. They go into a closed lead file. And, you know, sometimes they resurface. I actually had someone email me last week. And I think she's someone who, I think she booked me this year, uh, this week. I think it was the same girl who like emailed me in October, never answered any of my emails. I gave, I sent her the close in the loop email, didn't hear, put her in the closed lead file. And then literally at the beginning of the week, she was like, Hey, I'm sorry. I never got back to you, but I'm really underwater and I need help. Oh, wow. There you she go. Scheduled a phone call. We had a consult. And I think that was Amanda. I think that was just who booked me, but, um, it's been a busy couple of weeks. Friends <laughs> don't, don't judge me for not remembering if that was the same story, but there was someone who popped up after many months Yeah, and, you know, sending that closing the loop email, I think is better than just letting them linger or just oh, like of course. disappear because it shows that a, you're paying attention to your business and, and it also gives them the out, right? It gives them the out or it gives them the permission to get back in touch with you like that gal did and then booked me. So you have to, again, you have to take control of all of these facets of the inquiry. You have to take control of your contact form, the initial response, the follow-ups, you know, and then of course we can get into the whole sales process of the actual, you know, consult. That's a whole other thing, but you have to sort of, you know, at every single moment of this process, you have to make sure that you are standing out as professional, reliable, someone they can trust, someone who's got their stuff together. And you really just have to put your best foot forward every single step of the way. Because like I said, before they've even reached out to you, you're already you're already on the short list. So right. you have to just continue to be the person they want you to be in as much as you can, you know? It makes a lot of sense. And even when you put the ball back in their court, it doesn't mean that you just endlessly wait for them to get back to you. So I, Absolutely. I love the tips that you gave today. Super smart. Thank you so much, Renee, for sharing your process with everyone. You're welcome. I think it's going to be super helpful for some people. And if you are in our Facebook group, which you should be, yeah, Rock Your Wedding Biz Podcast Insiders, be sure to come in our group and continue the discussion. Let us know how your inquiry process works. Maybe you guys have your own rock star strategy that everyone could learn from. I love it. And before we leave you today, we want to leave you with uh, two exciting ways that you can see us in person. So oh, yes. first, I know because I, I forget that we haven't really talked about this I so know, much. Yeah. Uh, Mindy and I are going to be at Alt Summit, which is Alt Oasis this year uh, in March in Palm Springs. We will be at Alt Summit from March 24th through, wow, the 28th. I think it's a whole week, right? It's like five nights. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a party. It's going to be a nerd work party. Um, <laughs> for so, me, that's what that's what I'll be doing. Alt Oasis is a conference for creatives. It's not for any specific industry. It's for anyone in any creative business. So I've been to Alt Summit a few times as a blogger. 
Um, you'll see wedding planners there. You'll see florists. You'll see graphic designers, uh, stationary designers, uh, any type of creator, you know, artists. I mean, some of the most literally creative people I've ever met, I've met through Alt Summit. So it's a really great conference if you're in a creative industry. And Renee and I will be speaking uh, that Monday mm-hmm. um, on our topic, Turn Your Passion into a Podcast, which is what we what, did. What? That's what we did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we're going to teach about it because that's what we do when we know we teach. Yeah. And then the other uh, announcement, which I think I'm announcing here for the first time. So holla. Oh my gosh. Drum roll. We're going back to Wedding MBA, baby. What? What? Yeah. And when is that? That is October 14th through 16th in beautiful, lovely Las Vegas. And I'll be speaking twice. Wow. Um, And I don't know that I can say what I'm speaking on yet, but I will be speaking once in the wedding planner track and once in the big room, which is crazy. Whoo. That's so exciting. Thank you. And we will have a Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast booth in the expo hall. Yes. And we will see if we can figure out any other sort of meetup that we can do. Oh, yeah. We're going to have some kind of party. We're going to have some kind of party (laughs) or meetup or something or other. And so make sure that you mark that on your calendar. Say those dates again, October 14 through 16. And tickets are available now at Wedding MBA. And I'll tell you, you know, if you're someone who goes to Wedding MBA every year, you know this is true. If Wedding MBA is new to you, the earlier you buy your ticket, the cheaper it is. So get your tickets now because all they do is go up, up, up as you get closer to that date. Good to know. Good tip. So very exciting. What a big year for us. Yay. So much good stuff happening. Thank you guys so much for following along. Obviously, we wouldn't be able to do any of this without you. So we really appreciate you tuning in, telling your friends, leaving comments on Instagram and in the Facebook group. We we love, love it, it so much. I also love if you when you see me in person and you come up to me and you say, I listen to your podcast and then you like hug me and run away. That also is fun. <laughs> that happened once this week and I was like, I, but what is your name? I don't know your name. Come back. Um, come back. But that's also fun. So keep doing that. That's hilarious. We love all of it. Yes, we love it. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next week on the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Rock Your Wedding Biz. This episode is sponsored by Moxie Bright Events, wedding planning for creative couples and industry education for creative event planners. Also sponsored by Joy Social, teaching smart social media strategies for awesome business owners. You can find Renee online at moxiebrightevents.com and ReneeDallow.com. You can find Mindy online at JoySocial.net. Jump into the show notes at RockYourWeddingBiz.com and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Wedding Biz.